ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. It's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is The Cinema. It's the podcast where we walk home from the movies. We're going to see a movie. And, Kathy, I don't want you to worry, darling. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see that movie that has all the controversies it's around. So I don't know. Everyone's <laughs> asking, literally, everyone's saying to us, when are you going to see Don't Worry, Darling? Uh, <laughs> this movie could not have gotten more buzz for itself. So much publicity. Without... without having any of it to do with the actual movie. I know, because I actually only started watching the trailer for the movie and we turned it off because it felt too, it felt like it was I did showing the same, too much. Yeah. And then I mean of course I've seen Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine's lap. <laughs> I mean so much <laughs> stuff happened. But before we even got to, to Harry Styles allegedly spitting on Chris Pine, <laughs> we had all the Shia LaBeouf stuff or Shia LaBeouf or whatever you said, whatever you say. Then there was um uh, an, an Olivia Wilde and, and Florence Pugh spat. Supposed. Not, not that kind of spat. Alleged. Um, alleged. All, um, and, and Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles obviously getting together on the set of the movie. No, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, right? Oh, Olivia Wilde. Oh, it's and Olivia Harry Wilde and Harry Styles yeah. are together. Oh, right. But anyway, uh, all of that, um, I recommend our listeners go and read an article that Terry White wrote for her own newsletter. If you just Google Terry White. And I'm sorry, darling, and Olivia Wilde, you'll read a fantastic article about the sexism that Olivia Wilde has faced as a female director. So I recommend people go and read that. It's really interesting. Um, kind of one of the main takeaways for me is that Olivia Wilde made Book Spart, which we reviewed a couple of years ago on this podcast we were both huge fans of. Fantastic film, right? It's traditionally extremely difficult for film female filmmakers to get to make a second movie. There's loads of barriers to it. She has made a second movie. Now she's facing all sorts of sex, sexist vitriol. Uh, so we shouldn't focus on any of that. That's, I think we should just go in focusing on the movie. I'm not even aware of that. It's by the writer who... Or one of the writers who worked on Booksmart. So that interests me. Yes, yes. Uh, J- Janie Silberman, I think. And actual Van Dykes. Yes, two Van Dykes. Yeah. Two Van Dykes did the story. I can't believe this Van Dykes. From, from the IMDb. Uh, yes, so, Katie, yeah. Katie Silberman and is the screenwriter. We're obviously huge Florence Pugh fans in this podcast. Florence Pugh is amazing. Love her. Uh, Harry then, Styles, I think I've only ever seen him in Dunkirk. And he, he was good in Dunkirk, wasn't he? He was pretty good, yeah. 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 He's. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see him on screen. I think he's extremely famous. And I think. Do you think? That makes it. <laughs> very interesting to watch someone who's very famous for not acting yeah because that 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 is potentially distracting we go this way yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so all that being said, from the brief bit of the trailer like that I watched before I turned it off, I thought it looks class. Yeah, I think um, it looks like um, my type of vibe, a sort of a mystery box, what's going on, sort of lost kind of vibe with a sort of 60s air test pilot aesthetic <laughs> right and I'm on board with all of that yeah and that was from 20 seconds of the trailer yeah um, so I guess yeah we're here now will yeah, we uh, head in and we'll see you guys on the other side yeah bye all of you wives we men we ask a lot we ask for strength <laughs> Food at home, a house clean, and discretion above all else. Boys and their toys, at least we know they're getting work done. Welcome to the Victory Project. We're all here because we believe in the mission. What are we doing? Changing Changing the the world. world. What are we doing? Changing Changing the the world. world. That's right. What do you think they're really doing out there? What do you mean? The one thing they ask of us is to stay here. Where it's safe. Do you even know what the Victory Project actually is? Have you ever asked? Do you? Please. What's actually happening? Stop it, Alice. What if this place is dangerous? What if Stop it! No. Jack, it's okay. I'm curious to hear where she's going with this. Okay, hi, welcome back. We've just seen Don't Worry Darling. If it's your first time on uh, the cinema here, we won't spoil the movie yet uh, until obviously we turn onto Spoiler Street, which Mm -hmm. is uh, about halfway home from our walk (laughs) normally. So, um, So, Kathy. General thoughts? What do you think about uh, Don't Worry, General Darling? General thoughts? I'm beaming because I loved it so much. Yeah? Um, oh my God, it had so many things that I loved in it. And I'm, I'm not going to talk about Into the Spoiler Street like other movies that it's like pays homage to that I love. Um, but what I would say I is... I think we'll keep the the, the plot every, details very light here. Yeah, we'll keep it for Spoiler yeah. Street because it's not the better kind to, of movie. Better to go into this yeah, fresh. Better, better to Don't go even watch the trailer. Um... Lawrence Fuse, obviously incredible. We knew that already. Yeah. Um, Olivia Wilde. It's really interesting to watch her with the bigger budget because obviously Booksmart was like a low budget movie, and uh, I think she really pulls it off. I think she's an amazing director. I think her use of sound and music is extremely interesting. And there's some great songs. There's some great visual cuts and like use of objects and some really beautiful kind of big vista shots. And I felt very tense a lot of the time. Um, I found Harry Styles to be totally grand, decent, fine. He's not the star and he doesn't feel like the star. Same. Uh, I, think, I, I have no problem with him in it. And I'm, I'm interested to watch him. I actually thought his hair did better acting than he did. <laughs> his hair looked fantastic. He's by no means a bad actor though. No, he's no, fine. Yeah. But unfortunately he's acting against Florence Pugh. Exactly. But it, also he's just too famous. So it's kind of hard to watch him. But um, also Olivia Wilde's in this And she's great I love her as an actress uh, So All around I really enjoyed How atmospheric it was It felt like a bit Hitchcockian sometimes In that, in that kind of like Tension And I think At the end I was just 
fully like I was fully into it at the end and I could see I could see sense a moment where like some people in our audience started laughing and like they weren't with it but I was with it and I think it's like the most the most interesting thing I've seen in the cinema in a long time obviously aside from Blackbird <laughs> All day, by, by this point onwards post episode 250 of the cinema we will judge all films by the standard of Blackbird do you know the other since Michael Flatley re-evaluated cinema as a format another film that I found as, as experimental and interesting is this movie is Michael um, Flatley's Blackbird no was um what's the name of the new Jordan Peele movie Nope. Nope, yeah. yeah. It, to me, this and Nope oh, wow. fit very well together as two very interesting films. I don't quite. I don't think this is up to that standard. I don't think it's anywhere near what Jordan Peele is doing. Um, if anything, I found the... Uh, Laura, let, let me say, first off, I think uh, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I did. I had a really good time. I love a mystery box. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to unpick what was happening um, and I find that process very enjoyable and all and Florence Pugh as our main character I was very highly invested in and I think she's fantastic and I certainly and never guessed the ending I enjoyed the all the trimmings the costumes the soundtrack it's it's a, a Chris Pine is doing a lot oh, is, is very fun I forgot fun to mention him he is so good so so yeah I had a really good time however okay, having seen this movie these sorry what's your verdict <laughs> did that's Harry Styles spit on his lap or not oh <laughs> I mean I like the way you say having seen this movie as if this movie gives us a clue into the, into whether or not that happened and and yes no I'm glad to say the movie does resolve that at the end uh, it's all about the spit um, I don't know it certainly looks like it in the clip but who knows it could just be uh, um, anyway so um However, I gotta say, however, these kind of mystery box movies with a, a sort of a thriller plot—they uh, kind of live, live or die by the third act and the ending. I think, right? Yeah. And for me, it doesn't quite, didn't quite land. Okay, and I think you nailed it there where you said these kind of things you, 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 either you go with it or you don't yeah I was and like yes and I next to me people were laughing probably <laughs> with the half of the audience that was like okay because um, for me it kind of became less than the sum of its parts and we can get into that in spoilers but I thought it was to I thought it was totally fine but for me it does not I think with the work of Jordan Peele I walked out of Nope being like whoa what does it mean it could mean this and there's so much like um, there's so many like um, observations and societal implications whereas we'll talk about this in spoiler but I kind of feel like the thing that this movie's trying to say is just one thing and it's kind of obvious which is fine I mean it's it's a fine important take, commentary on society I take huge issues <laughs> oh this is going to be good issue this is going to be good with yeah. you reducing the message of this film down to that okay well Will we get to Spoiler Street then and, and get into it? Because it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like this is going to be a contentious one. Enraged me. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Um, uh, is that all we want to say before we get to spoilers? I Do would, you recommend? I would you, recommend if you it. You haven't though. seen yes, it. Yes, I would. I, I thought. Yeah. I thought uh, Olivia Wilde is a great. Uh, is a great director. Um, I thought every, some really great performances. Um, I think it's really interesting it. to yeah. compare this to Booksmart because they're a lot. Oh, they're very like different. Features. Yeah, they're so different. Uh, there's and no, I find there's that no really comedy in this. Whereas with them, um, only because we're talking about Jordan Peeling, because he's only directed two movies, where she's directed two, so it's kind of interesting to compare. Um, his first two movies, you know, I think it was very evidently by the same director. Don't know that I would have uh, guessed these were by the same director, which is just interesting. Yeah. Um, 
really interesting and I love that she chose I love that her now two feature films are like written by women directed by women starring women female centered stories uh, there's just not enough of them out there as silly as that might sound to you Dave oh come on I that. sorry I'm not saying that that's a bit reductive now I'm no, not saying that's silly reductive. I'm judging this movie on its, its merits alone not that I think it's I think it's brilliant to have um, a female directed and written movie with a female star and it's very the movie's about the female experience yeah um, you're, you're already on the defensive now wow okay let's get into it but before we get into spoilers um, I would like to do a quick shout out to some of our new patrons over at Patreon dot com forward slash the cinema who Hello, are patrons. supporting us a show thank you so at much at two or three pounds a month um, thank you or there's an equivalent euro amount um, <laughs> still in pounds um, so thank you a big thank you to new patrons uh, Andy Armstrong Emma McCarthy uh, Tobias Hansen Ben Suri uh, Johan Svensson Chris Downey and uh, Ganesh uh, Suntharilagan uh, so thank you to Thanks, all of our guys. all of you new patrons um, and to all of our existing patrons. Uh, we are having an absolute blast over there uh, doing all of, well, uh, monthly doing, retro movies. We we're, do like three episodes a week in our Patreon now. Yes, well we do. Uh, <laughs> we're doing weekly episodes of Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings show, and uh, House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones show. <laughs> it's just basically the fantasy week over there, isn't it? Um, yeah. And we are also doing. Um, monthly retro movie reviews so we've just done Who Framed Roger Rabbit and you get to pick our next one so head over there if you want if you're watching Rings of Power or House of the Dragon and we're also doing general TV stuff like She-Hulk and loads of other stuff so uh, yes a load going on see over there patreon.com forward slash the cinema anyway we've just walked on to spoiler shoot Dave oh what a coincidence Um, so full spoilers now you have been warned because I think this is a very this is all of this movie is all about the plot Um, it is all about the plot and before we get to the end of the film yeah how did you feel the film addressed? One thing I thought was interesting was like, you know, at the very beginning, we're obviously presented with this like so-called idyllic kind of fifties style community, right? Yes. Um, and so very early on, it's like, and I loved how this was shot. How it's all synced that like. In the morning, the women make the men their breakfast. It's always like the bacon, the eggs, um, the coffee. coffee yeah. And I was like, how do they eat bacon and eggs every morning and look so healthy? <laughs> I got my answer later. <laughs> um, and I love that, like, all the wires come out at the same time and the men all reverse and, like, yeah. perfect sync and, like, pull down. I loved Symmetry. all that stuff. And there's, and there's a lot so of... so Truman Show. There's a lot of correlation with the, uh, you know, the ballet and the and the, the mantra that's getting repeated about symmetry. I and love that, like, synchronised dancing. Synchroni- yeah, yeah. So it's, like, very Truman Show and it's also very The Matrix. And I just love those as two reference points. And they're really, really male films. And I've never seen a film like this, but this female focus, except at the very end, what it then also nodded to, which is a female focus, is very much Thelma Louise at the end. Fucking love that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. I just, yeah. I, I think the reference, they're the references I was getting from it anyway. And um, so I loved how they set all the world up. And then it obviously starts unraveling fairly quickly. My own, like, my only point, my only issue with the plot the plot and the pacing actually was like felt like it unraveled a little bit too quickly do you think so because I felt like in the middle it was going a bit too slow I was thinking it was dragging its heels a I little think it, bit I think they should have I think she should have dragged out, dragged out the perfection a little bit more and then kind of quickly more went into the descent but what I found really interesting was like 
it's so interesting that of course it was a male fantasy I found that fascinating because I was like why like I was like how is this supposed to be her perfect life all she does is cook for her husband get dressed clean the house have sex with them every day whether she wants to or not like it just felt it felt weird and I just I think it's so interesting that it all now spoilers 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 turn off if you're still listening and you haven't seen it because it's really worth watching it's all like an incel fever dream yeah yeah, mixed with MAGA yeah and I found that to be so clever yeah it's it's, like that is so fucking clever it's a very conservative uh, view of make America great again uh, the man is the provider and the the woman cleans the house and yeah and then that he did it all without her consent and she's actually a doctor and he he was like I haven't cooked for myself I've been sitting at home hungry all evening you didn't text me back to say what you wanted (laughs) see so so right before that happened and it showed us that she was in a simulation yeah I thought that should have been the ending right but then when they actually showed us all that I thought boy that's fascinating that that's actually in in this movie so suave and handsome and I, and then I love that they show that he's actually this fucking creep. I gotta say, uh, I was the, not expecting the that. physical transformation of Harry Styles <laughs> between incel Harry Styles and suave, sexy Harry Styles <laughs> was quite something. And again, I think that was his hair doing most of the acting. And his beard. Um, he looked like. He did look. He, he looked. The incel awful. Harry Styles looks like the older brother Jonathan in Stranger Things. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes, he did. To the point where for a minute I thought it was actually that actor. I'm interested. What did you think was happening throughout the movie? Well, like, what were your theories that I were going through your head? I didn't think they were in a simulation. I thought that they had voluntarily entered this society and maybe, like, taken some drugs or something. I, I never thought... I actually never crossed my mind that it was a simulation. I had two... I, no, I didn't think it was a virtual simulation, no. Um, and I think that idea is, like, a bit... Meh. Um, the, I had, but the, the two main theories I had running throughout the movie were either it is set in the modern world and this is... They are either prisoners out in the desert... Or it's part of an experiment. Same, yeah, I thought so that. So I think that, that wasn't was a big surprise world. to me that it was the modern world. Um, but my other one was post-apocalyptic um, society, which I think is a bit like a, a show that we watched that I won't reference, which is a similar mystery box. Um, you know what I, I mean? Like know. the world, like the, the world has I fallen. Don't know what show you're the world has fallen to ruin, and they are trying to create a new world order here you know something in the middle there right yeah but uh so so i think for me it was just like the, when those when, when those the excitement of this kind of movie or premise is always in the what's going on it's in the mystery right mm-hmm. so for me the the ultimate result of oh it's this always tends to be a little unsatisfying. unsatisfying would you rather they left it ambiguous then because of what you're saying about no no because there was a moment where it could have been ambiguous but I, actually, I think if it was ambiguous then we wouldn't have gotten the point of the movie which is that this is a male incel patriarchal fever dream of putting women in their box and controlling them no I'm not I'm not saying I actually don't think that nope was that ambiguous at all I think nope was quite clear with what it was doing I think what Nope is not clear with is, is what nope that could all... Re- it's, I'm not going to spoil it. But I think Nope, what, what Nope presents is a lot of imagery that is kind of symbolic of various different things and can be... I, I was really thinking about Nope for a long time afterwards. This, the message of this, I think, was just so on the nose. And I'm not, that, that's not to say I'm not criticising it as a, a valid and relevant message for today's world. 
I'm just saying there's not much more to it. So when it became, uh, oh, it's a virtual reality and she's a prisoner. Firstly, that's a horrific thing. Uh, that was horrific. The, yeah. the, just the, the picture of her on the bed and then him like watering her mouth and like yeah. he has to maintain her body, it which is a so awful stuff. But um, that is like okay. That so that's what's happening in the world and it's representative of an incel patriarchal view of women in which they're imprisoned. I'm just like, oh okay. But do, also, do you know what I mean? Do you not know what? It's not, not leaving me. I'm not coming away from that week thinking. Wow, or it's really am, making me think. Because I'm thinking, fuck, there's men out there who'd love to do this. But then what I thought was really interesting and, and again I know that at the end yeah, was that on. Yeah, but you Sorry. know everything already. Like, yeah. why do you watch film? Olivia Wilde's character <laughs> who Did you is just then, admit I know everything? No, I'm just saying, why would you say I know that already as a criticism of a theme? But with Olivia Wilde's character what I find really interesting is that she did know and was complicit because she wanted to live in a simulation yeah because she'd lost her children and it made me think well actually everyone in this compound right has a different story so we don't know what's going on in any of their relationships why they're here we just know what's going on with Harry Styles and Florence Pugh I thought that was an interesting breadcrumb alright however the movie the movie reveals its premise and then kind of doesn't really resolve any of the threads beyond that. It gives you another little breadcrumb with Olivia Wilde. Then suddenly Gemma Chan kills Chris Pine and says, yeah, it's my turn now. It. That didn't make sense. I think it's because she knew that Chris Pine blew it by goading Florence Pugh at the dinner party. I think she knew what he'd done. So do you think she is complicit in the virtual reality thing or what? I think she definitely knew, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely knew. Seemed like it. Yeah. But then I don't know. But Although yeah, okay. Was, and then what the bit that I didn't get on the thread point is at the end when Florence Hughes like running out, which I love, and everyone's trying to chase her, that was like the whole Thelma and Louise bit that I love. But when the neighbours' wives kind of let go of their husbands' hands and started looking at her, I didn't quite understand why they were pulling away from their husbands. I think there was something in like, was the, like the light bulbs outside their houses were exploding, mm-hmm. almost as if Florence Pugh was making that happen. I think that was a little unclear, the though. The simulation was, like, breaking. Yeah, I think I think that was the implication. It's interesting, because it appears to be, like... Sorry, Mark Zuckerberg, but this is the metaverse. <laughs> They're, like, true <laughs> avatars who are, like, truly experiencing, like, sex yeah. and stuff. It also makes, makes more sense that Olivia Wilde was always drinking. Because even in that simulation, they appear to get drunk. Yeah. And Olivia Wilde's character is obviously, like, deeply grieving and, like, knows she's living this fake life that wants to be around her fake children and um, she is like drunk all the time and I thought that actually made more sense then because we saw her drinking like first thing in the morning every morning what was interesting though in that in that idea is that Olivia Wilde doesn't seem to want to spend much time with her children you know they almost seemed like an inconvenience to her in the virtual reality or maybe it's because she knew that it was all fake well, a part of her be, was unable to engage with that it must be hard to bond with your simulated <laughs> fake yeah exa- exactly children. But also in the there was something quite tragic this, about it. It's really tragic. And yeah. in the constraints of the simulation, everyone is sending their kids to school and stuff. And it's also like 50s-style parenting, which is very hands-off. I do think it's, 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 it does have something interesting to say about the, the sort of um, intoxicated... How, how intoxicating yeah. nostalgia can be. This is what and MAGA this is. this idea of this perfect world, think, yeah, that oh, does not exist. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in, back in the 50s, whenever they're harking back to... You know, everyone had a place. 
and men went off to work and women were in the home and, and the women were, were really happy it's like mate yeah. they weren't happy actually and it's not, but it's not just America that is sub- subject to this I've heard this members of my own family say things like you know oh things were things used to be a lot simpler right <laughs> didn't they used to be a lot simpler and it's like yeah things were simpler for you the, the white person who had, was middle class it's yeah. just like the world it's like the world is changing because it's not owned by us anymore and I think that is I think a change is threatening to, to well it's also very most interesting people to that point fearful. but, but yeah you're right the, the, the perfect world in the past never existed exactly it but was it's interesting always to someone like Harry Styles' character in the movie who I guess probably is an engineer and that's why they want him on the project but he like is unemployed and he's like how can I provide for you and Brian's Pugh's like uh, don't worry about it mate I'm a doctor I'll just pick up a few extra yeah. shifts so he's like very emasculated as the incels would be and he's like trying to have sex with her and she's like oh I've just come out of a 30 hour I think, shift I think like part, that stuff was all fascinating to me I his think, motivations I love to see that I just felt like as soon as we got that there was like no nuance to it do you know what I mean like he he became a sort of a two dimensional character but I guess he, he, but he but maybe he it was just that Harry Styles wasn't selling it that no, well no but I think the whole point is he actually is really vapid and I think yeah maybe I think it's really hard to tell because it's Harry Styles and not a different actor but I feel like if Shia LaBeouf had done it he would have had to be similarly vapid because ultimately he's just this guy who knows he's living in a simulation and imprisoning his girlfriend I think I probably could have easier it would have been an easier buy for me to look at Shia LaBeouf and think right wing online conspiracy <laughs> nut <laughs> what do you think about Harry Styles with this marionette dancing that was wild I thought that was really, really interesting dark, yeah. really interesting because there's um, there is some interesting stuff in this uh, when you start to dig into it like the the, every time she's hoovering their living room there's like an animation on of a, an old classic style cartoon of like marionette puppets dancing and yeah, that only dance like is, what, TV. is what he's doing later on and he's doing it like with abandon <laughs> I gotta say though he's a great dancer I mean, and it was course. freaky um, and I think the soundtrack freaky. to this while not a, an entirely original thing is very effective that, that sort of uh, female creepy vocal of yeah, going, the soundtrack oh, was class oh, oh, and I also oh, love though like you know, this film's directed by a female director and Farns Fuse the star award and right to reiterate for this podcast it's extremely rare to have a female director and I think the inclination of many a director would have been it's Harry Styles the biggest pop star in the world he's doing this freaky marionette scene that he's probably practiced for a month to do but it just kept putting to Florence Pugh it was still her scene yeah and I love to see that I love to see that throughout the entire movie she was always the star and whatever is going on with like all the gossip around her and Libby Wilde's relationship or whatever I think it's extremely evident that this movie has taken great care to frame her as the star she is the star this is like her star vehicle and I just don't think it is Harry is not Harry Styles and I think that's like really obvious to watch yeah I agree so right will you leave it there is that it I mean I have nothing else to say to you no, I guess not. Other than at the end when she was like in the car and all those men, Jonah from Veep. Yeah, we love I, him. I thought I thought he was this cast. If I'm honest, really? Yeah, two, I bought him. Two comedy actors here. They're all here. the creepy guys. He's creepy. Yeah, but but he's too he's too much of a comedy actor, 
And Nick Kroll, who's also a comedy actor, is in this. He he wasn't um, too much too jarring for me. I just don't think Jonah is creepy enough. And that scene at the end where he was chasing her, saying "Don't let her get away in the car," was I don't know very hammy, and he didn't. He's not threatening to me. He's too much of a goofball. Well, he's not threatening, but he's like. It's funny that they mentioned one of the other guys as a goober. It's like they're all goobers. They're like locking their women into like an artificial. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Dimension. I guess that's part of the point. Yeah. He is the kind of guy who who he does, he doesn't like look like the kind of guy who would lock a woman in uh, in her room. I think he deliberately um, left the um, the thing out for her to see her own name in the file or her friend's name or whatever that was, and then deliberately left the briefcase in the room for her to read because Chris Pine wanted like a worthy adversary, and he wanted her to have some information to come at him with. Why do you think that was? I think it was just because he's bored in this yeah. virtual reality, right? I think right? he's bored, yeah. yeah. He's like, I've been waiting for someone to come along and challenge me, basically. Yeah. So yeah, oh, definitely. It's really, it, is, like, it is really twisted. He was fantastic. In he this. was so good. And yeah. you know the Great scene villain. at the dinner table when he said afterwards that was really disappointing. I thought you could do better. I yeah. felt that as a viewer. I was like, that was really disappointing. She didn't build up her ammunition enough yeah. before she let loose at the table. But that's probably all... She's quite powerless in there. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what else she could have done. And I thought that was somewhat realistic. I think it's interesting that Olivia Wilde's character knew what was going on all the whole time and knew that she was right yeah. and just didn't come to the dinner party. She was like, I want no part in this. Yeah. She's like, I know. I know what's happening. Uh, but anyway, I anyway, really love that. I thought yeah. the end of it was so fun. And I love at the very end, we hear an inhale when it goes dark. We just hear her. Like, <gasps> so we presume she's okay. She's out of the simulation. Yeah. Lying next to Harrison's dead body. How was he feeding her? Through a tube? I guess yeah. There was, some but like, don't you need like sunlight and? But would you have muscle atrophy? She'd have all atrophy and like bed sores and all this kind of stuff. Oh, it's, she'd be, she'd be waking up in a right state. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing to her. To be honest, uh, also I don't understand. I actually, to this moment now that we're talking about it, what were they actually doing? Where was he going <laughs> every day? So he would go back into the real world. We got a quick glimpse of him going out to. He'd earn a minimum wage just to sustain them and Is get that food. that what it was? So he yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. actually working for Chris Pine? No, they exit. He exits the programme every day. Goes out, uh, um, earns enough. I thought enough. in the real world he was working for Chris Pine. No, I don't think so. No, there is no... Like, it's just it's just all a, some fake. They just all go off in their blaze of glory and yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. incredible cards. That's what, he was, that's what he was saying at the end. I'm doing this for you. Like, he thought he was being a good provider, giving her a perfect world. Yeah, that's that's so the dark. insanity of yeah, it all. Yeah, that was so dark. Um, and he was, he was kind of resentful because he didn't get... He couldn't spend all day in here. He had to go out to the real world. Yeah, and she's like, living. I usually go to a shopping mall all yeah. day. Like, and go swimming. Okay, anyway, we'll leave awesome. it there. Right. Uh, thanks for listening. Keen to hear what other people... Um, think what do you think of it um which uh, half of the audience are you in (laughs) and head over to the cinemile on twitter or instagram to follow us and drop us a message and let us know what you thought of the movie and head over to apple Podcasts or spotify to subscribe and rate us we greatly appreciate it okay bye and i'm not crazy our life together we could lose this i don't trust it ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.